to the ether today's friday february 11th 2022 this episode of the ether is brought to you by we fund we fund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on terra and it's the first launch pad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors all money raised for projects is deposited in anchor protocol and it's refundable and all decisions are based on community voting power WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at WeFund.app. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Have you heard about the new Terra Invest Strategy Discord server Orbital Command spun up? If you're looking for a chill place to chat about different Luna stacking strategies or looking for some alpha or if you're trying to find the best UST farms or even if you just have a quick question you need answered, be sure to stop by TIS and say hi to the Orbital Command gang. Hell, I'm even in there sometimes when I'm not editing hours of CFI spaces. You can find me in that server chatting about NFTs and answering basic Terra Luna questions. The link to the server is in the show notes, and for more information, check out orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we have a Cosmos Spaces AMA with Nomad. Let's take a listen. Shit, we just need to get... Get out of time zone that we know that's right for us so that we're not messing anybody else up. <laughs> so hard in the crypto community. Everybody's on a different time zone. Too much math involved. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. I was, I was thinking about that. I was thinking that's that's why GM works so well because well, it is a GM for somebody in crypto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no matter what. Mark is kind of tanky right now. Oh, man. Lots of stuff going on. Cosmos is down at 26 right now, 26.44. We'll bring it back up here soon, though. It's on a discount. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, but that's why it's like I just stay away from that stuff, just think long term and check every once in a while, but keep that stress away from me. <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to check my portfolio all the time, but now it's just like just looking at those staking rewards is pretty sweet. Yeah. Thanks to everybody that's in here right now, guys. So uh, give it like another minute or two to let some few more people trickle in here and get everybody in before we uh, kick off the AMA with the Nomad team. Is it going to get cold again or is that like, did winter already go by? <laughs> We had one week of winter, maybe. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I don't know. Hopefully that's the worst of it. We'll see. You never know. Texas. Yeah. 
So as long as it's not like that time where we were without power for like a week last year. That was crazy. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, the winter storm was what, three days? Three days this year? Yeah, that's more manageable. (laughs) Yeah, my landlord, my landlord texts me every time there's a freeze to start dripping the faucets. He just sends me the same text every time and I'm like, I know, dude. I know. (laughs) He just has it saved, ready to push it out to everyone. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) My place is like that too. They're like, please do this. Oh man, we got the mayor in here too. This is official. Deployed Don is in here. It's going to be a good one tonight, guys. Always appreciate Terror Spaces Squad showing up and helping uh, spread the word on these spaces and recording them as well. Yeah. Um, if everyone in here could please share the room, we're trying to bring in as many IBC gang people in here as we can. So please take a moment now to share the room. Also, we've uh, pinned uh, their Twitter up there. Of course, they're up here on stage. But if you want to check out a quick thread um, just to get a little uh, back info on Nomad before we kick it off, uh, it's a g- great thread to, to just you know dive into real quick. Um, so let's just uh, go ahead and get, get started and uh, let, let people start to get in here. Um, so, uh, Pernay and Julian, we really appreciate you guys. Uh, we appreciate your time and, you know, coming here to hang out with the, uh, the IBC gang and, you know, share more about uh, Nomad and, you know, what you guys are doing. Um, so I just wanted to kind of, you know, kick it off with you guys and maybe just have you guys introduce yourselves, you know, a little bit about yourselves. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having us and, and, uh, excited to kind of get this community going and, and share more about what we're building. Um, Myself, I'm one of the co-founders of Nomad. My background is as a software engineer, kind of moved over to the dark side of product management more recently. And so at Nomad, I'm focusing on on kind of BD product, um, just the business side things, and particularly trying to get the word out and grow awareness because I don't think people are aware of how big kind of the union of Ethereum and Cosmos is going to be. But I'll stop there because I know we're going to get into the details pretty soon. You're good. No worries. I know it's like, you know, it's just so exciting to think that we're at the beginning of all this and all the potential, you know, that's, that is uh, yet to come. Um, and then, uh, Julian, if you want to just go ahead and uh, maybe share a little about yourself and let people know who you are as well, please. Hey, hey everyone. Um, so my name is Julian. Um, I lead growth at uh, Nomad, um, you know, kind of everything that surrounds community, uh, how to, you know, uh, you know, Obviously, also drive awareness to what Nomad is, having people understand, you know, our bridge and, um, you know, trying to um, interact with more and more e- ecosystems. And you know, we're obviously really excited to partner with with Evmos and, and, and continue, continuing to branch out there. Um, so happy to be here um, and you know, looking forward to this. And uh, Julian's also being bashful. He's the resident meme lord. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm the meme, memer in residence. <laughs> you leave that off the list, man. That should have been the first thing you led with. <laughs> I think I need a title change. Um, so we'll make sure to bake that in. Agreed, agreed. So then, uh, let's go in and get into uh, some of these questions, you know, so that we can learn a bit more about you guys. Um, so maybe kind of just you know started off with uh, what is Nomad um, and. You know, who are the people that are going to be using Nomad, you know, in the Cosmos ecosystem and, and other ecosystems that are out there as well? Totally. Uh, I'm happy to start and feel free to jump in, Julian, if there's anything you want to add. Um, but at a high level, the meme that I like to use is 
Uh, and this is to just kind of bang, bang, get to the point of what we're trying to do, which is Nomad is like the IBC for EVM chains. Um, it's not limited to EVM chains, but that's kind of where our focus is right now, because the the core thing is to understand why IBC is so successful within the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, and that's because it provides a standard um, interoperability protocol for all the Cosmos SDK chains to be able to talk to each other out of the box. It turns out uh, in this multi-chain world that we live in, that's an extremely valuable proposition. So if I'm a developer, I have an idea for an app chain, I can spin it up using the Cosmos SDK, and then boom, I can talk to every other Cosmos chain instantly uh, using IBC. The same is not the case for the rest of the crypto world. So chains in the EVM world and other chains like Solana or Near don't have a native interoperability protocol. Um, and that's because they kind of emerged in a different manner. Cosmos was built top down with this idea of IBC as the uh, connective tissue with the Cosmos SDK automatically providing the, uh, the guts, the tenement consensus and everything else to be able to use IBC. But the EVM world largely emerged by people forking Geth. So uh, Geth is the Go Ethereum client. Um, Ethereum basically is mostly Geth nodes, I believe. And then so a lot of other uh, layer ones forked Geth and added certain things, maybe improved the consensus, uh, made it more scalable. And now they had a desire to talk to each other and draw liquidity from Ethereum. And for lack of a proper standard, you, you get this proliferation of, of bridges with different security models. Um, so you have with Polygon, you have the multi-sig bridge with Avalanche. There's a multi-sig bridge that uses Intel SGX um, as a secure enclave. And then as we saw last week or a couple weeks ago with Wormhole, that's a validator-based bridge. Um, and so all of these have different security models. And it's tough for developers and users to be able to reason about them. Because it's like, imagine if you're driving, we were talking about Texas earlier. Imagine if when you drove from Austin to Dallas, you had to you went you went on I thirty five, and then Austin to San Antonio, you couldn't use I thirty five. You'd have to use some some bunk state highway or something else to get there with potholes and whatnot. So it'd be really annoying if if I had to basically have a different format uh, for the road everywhere I went. And so part of what we're trying to do is standardize that interface, which tricky leads me to your second kind of question which is who are who who is this intended for uh, and the two primary uh, kind of target personas are users and developers so if i'm a user i want to be able to bridge securely between chains with with apps that i care about and not have to kind of think about okay is this a secure bridge if i lock my assets in here am i going to am i going to get rugged and then if i'm a developer i obviously want a standard interface for liquidity just like users but I also want to be able to pass messages between chains. And at the heart, that's what IBC is. It's a, it's a way to send packets or just like bytes between chains. And Nomad allows developers to do the same thing and provides like a standard interface and protocol for them to, um, as I like to say, build once and deploy everywhere. And so we think it saves people time. It saves them kind of stress because of they don't have to evaluate security models. And then it allows them to basically deploy once, uh, write a contract once, and then deploy on all the chains they care about. Um, yeah, I rambled there. So, Julian, I don't know if I missed anything that you want to add. No, I think the analogies are, are great um, and, and a great way of, uh, you know, putting things together and describing it. I think uh, one uh, quote that I, I really, I really, really liked from Pernay and I, I think holds pretty true is that know we can totally see a long-term future where you know you won't really understand like 
you know, what chain you're even on because everything's so connected. And I think you know, we really want to be part of that future, you know, focused on security first. Um, and that's what's so exciting about Nomad. Yeah, I love that analogy about the road. You know, you kind of, <clears throat> right now when we get on the road, no matter where we're at, we know we all kind of have the same rules. You know, we're expecting the road to be safe, no potholes, no accidents. So I just like that analogy, bring that over to, you know, uh, you know, cryptocurrency networks and interoperability works perfect in my mind. And I'm pretty sure that helps a lot of people understand that as well. Um, so that kind of moves me on to uh, the next question, kind of, because <clears throat> you, you, you mentioned how there's, we're trying to, to drive this interoperability between different chains. So what will the relationship be between IBC um, and Nomad look like? You know, is, there, is there other reasons that somebody want to use Nomad versus IBC, let's say? Totally. Great question. Um, and like Loki, I'm an IBC maxi. I love the idea of IBC as a standardized kind of interface between chains. But the fact of the matter is uh, IBC is... is um, Kind of the what it implements under the hood is um, a header relay, a light client relay, and how IBC works is you're basically say you're trying to send um, AKT from Akash Network to to Evmos or uh, to Cosmos Hub or whatever other Cosmos chain, right? The destination chain is basically running a light client for the sending chain, so that whenever a message gets sent from Akash to let's say Cosmos Hub. Cosmos Hub is verifying that something happened on Akash by proving the inclusion of that message against the state root in the light client. Uh, this works really well in Cosmos because, like I said earlier, the Cosmos SDK kind of is built around this idea of IBC as a first-class citizen. And so um, uh, Cosmos comes with an ultra-light, uh, sorry, excuse me, it comes with a light client that's very efficient, uh, written in Go. Um, and then all the consensus mechanisms of Cosmos chains are identical. They all use Tendermint consensus. And so you don't have to bake any more consensus-specific logic or add any different elliptic curves when you're talking to different Cosmos chains. They're all functionally built on the same blueprint. And so when you're sending messages, IBC is uh, also subsidized by the entire system, and it's very easy to send cross-chain. But what happens if you're trying to go from Akash to Ethereum? Well, Ethereum does not have share a lot of those properties of Cosmos chains. It uses a different consensus mechanism that is that has probabilistic finality. So right off the bat, that's one thing that doesn't allow IBC to work. IBC expects blocks to be instantly finalized. Additionally, because Ethereum is so expensive, if we're trying to maintain a light client on Ethereum, we have to consistently send block headers and keep keep that state fresh and updated on Ethereum. That turns out to be quite expensive as well and untenable. And so this promise of IBC starts to break as you like leave the boundary of the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, the way I like to see IBC is it's this connective tissue that works super well as long as you have um, Cosmos chains and in the future, maybe it expands to all um, BFT chains. But for now, you, you pretty much have to use the Cosmos SDK if you want to take advantage of IBC. And so where Nomad comes in is we want to basically provide that connective tissue for chains where IBC is not possible. The idea is to not get in the way of IBC, but complement it by introducing another secure standard that can unite other chains that don't have the luxury of being built in a, to, to work with IBC. And so how I like to think about it is I think y'all had a, a really good diagram in, uh, in one of your Medium articles where you showed like Avalanche and Ethereum um, kind of sending assets or talking to Evmos. And then 
Evmos then being able to act as this port of entry to all the other Cosmos chains. And so where Nomad fits in is we'll make it really easy and standardized for Ethereum, Avalanche, Polygon, all of these chains outside of the Cosmos ecosystem to be united with the standard interface. And then whenever you need to then bridge over to Cosmos, you can use Evmos as that kind of boundary condition between Nomad and IBC or EVM and Cosmos. And then once you're landed on Evmos, you can use IBC to send assets or send messages to uh, Akash or Cosmos Hub or Osmosis or any other chain there. Um, because Cosmos is so well fit around IBC, we're not trying to replace that within the Cosmos ecosystem, uh, but kind of serve as a, it serves as a blueprint for us to do the same thing in other chains where it's not possible. I really like that metaphor, again, of kind of like the connective tissue, um, because you're right, like once you kind of leave the Cosmos ecosystem and your chains that aren't using the Cosmos SDK, there really is not very many ways for these chains to communicate in a safe, secure and accurate way. Um, so that's exciting to see somebody coming in, like you said, to fill that gap, you know, so that there is the way for chains to have that communication channel that's safe and secure um, to be able to, you know, bring liquidity and just bring more activity, um, you know, between these networks and to be able to create a true uh, ecosystem. Yeah, I love that. I think about it as like a, a heart where everything is like, you know, connected through the cardiovascular system. And like you guys are like providing those extra roads or veins, you know, to to get information and liquidity where it needs to go and uh, has been pretty trapped over the last uh, couple of years with with how Ethereum's uh, gas fees are. So uh, sounds super exciting. And, and I think you said that it was because of how uh, Ethereum's consensus works that IBC would not be like a possibility ever on that chain, like because of how the consensus works on that. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so one of the requirements of IBC is you need to have fast finality, meaning that as soon as a block is mined or produced, it needs to instantly be finalized. If you have the potential to have reorgs where you maybe mine a block and then it gets uncled because another kind of uh, fork um, becomes the canonical chain, then if you've tried to prove inclusion against that block that gets uncled, then you can send that message to another chain, prove inclusion against that uncle block, and then you've essentially could have potentially double spent funds, right? And so one of the things you have to do when you're trying, if you're trying to connect a Cosmos chain and Ethereum by IBC is you have to use something like Peggy. You have to have a peg zone where there's kind of a, a finality gadget where you know that when a block is, uh, uh, when you prove inclusion against a message in an Ethereum block, that block is for all intents and purposes finalized. I see. That that's awesome. Thank you for that explanation. Um, what about Evmos? Would you say like is the the main reason that you plan to build there? Like what made it like just uh, attractive as far as where to launch your project? Totally. Um, well, this goes back to to what I was saying earlier that like I'm a big fan of Cosmos. Um, so when I when I first started working in crypto, um, I worked at a protocol that was then called Coda, but now it's called Mina Protocol. Um, and one of the advisors there was um, Zaki Manian, uh, who's like an early Cosmos OG, has contributed a lot to the space. Um, and he was, he was one of my mentors there, where I learned a lot about the ecosystem, about crypto, from having like lunch and, lunches where Zaki would come in and basically like, 
uh, drop the knowledge on us, right? Like break off some knowledge and kind of, it was like learning, drinking from a fire hose, uh, learning from him. And so uh, talking with him and folks like Jack Zample and early on, I just really had an affinity for the Cosmos community because um, Cosmos has this unique property of just being very open. I think like the architecture, there's like some software law, I think Conway's law, where the, the structure of an organization is mirrored by its software. And so with Cosmos, because Cosmos is so much, so much about like uh, sovereignty, like Jay and Bucky's vision of people being able to spin up their local chains, have local currencies and be able to create economies free from like systemic crises within a, a globalized and connected economy, it, that manifests in also how the the people are are kind of uh, interact with others. They're very open. They share with other communities. Uh, knowledge flows freely. And so ideologically for us, Cosmos is like an amazing ecosystem. And so, um, but it's also from a business standpoint, from like a go-to-market standpoint, I see there being like a couple large communities. Cosmos obviously is one of them. The EVM community is another, and uh, Polkadot is another as well. And so we previously launched about a month ago on Ethereum and Moonbeam. And Moonbeam is like the sister chain to Evmos in a way where it acts as the EVM chain for the Polkadot ecosystem and is that like metaphorical port of entry. And so the decision to like work with Evmos and launch there and partner with them is very similar in kind of our relationship with Moonbeam as well. We want to unite these like very large federations. Uh, and, and there's obviously like a clear front runner in terms of chains that serves as a port of entry. Uh, and Evmos is that for the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and also got to add, like, if you if you talk to any of the folks on the Evmos team, they're like gigabrains. And so it's like a no brainer when you meet people like Fede or Liam or Akash or uh, Nika or Nick, sorry. Um, they're, they're brilliant, right? Like they, they know what they're doing. They've been in the space for a while. And so being able to work with brilliant people who you vibe with, I mean, what else is there? That was so well said, man. Like, I really, I think that's something that has me so excited about just everything Cosmos is like, you find the smartest people here. And uh, that that's why I love the Cosmos is uh, the IQ level is just off the charts. Like, <laughs> um, <clears throat> thank you for that. Very, very nice insight. Um, where where do you see Nomad being most successful in like the next six to 12 months since we have so many things like launching in uh the cosmos and and crypto in general like where do you see nomad being most successful here in the short term yeah um i want to let julian speak to the community side of things because he's been kind of the resident in discord and knowing what's going on at the grassroots level but i can tell you about how i'm seeing it from a high level which is i think the first step is to bring liquidity in which i mean that ties into what novada is doing is are going to be the like crowdsourced DAO incubator for all these amazing Cosmos projects that are going to launch in the future. But in order to be able to fund them and get them going, we got to get in the assets that people right now uh, have the most liquidity in, which is stuff like USDC, USDT, DAI, WETH, WBTC. And so these blue chip assets need to flow into the Cosmos ecosystem within the next, I'd say it, it should have happened two months ago, right? Like we've been waiting for this for a while, but um, as soon as we can get that, we need to get that liquidity flowing in and, and making sure that people can use stuff like USDC in the Cosmos ecosystem. But if we look further past just liquidity and getting these assets bridged over, what I'm really, truly excited about is this idea of um, 
uh, the interchain, right? We talk about it, Cosmos, Cosmos OGs have been talking about this for a while, right? It's like they've had this vision in their heads. And I think we're at the cusp of it actually happening where it's not only going to be an interchain of Cosmos chains, it's going to be an interchain of all chains. And, and this goes back to Julian's point of, would are we even going to see the chain in the future? Or are we just going to be able to interact with crypto and deal with the asynchronous, asynchronous boundaries using stuff like Nomad? And so one example of this that's already happening is um, Uma Protocol, which is their their fantastic DeFi team. Um, they have this um, protocol, uh, they have an optimistic oracle that basically allows um, data feeds to be reported optimistically, and then people can challenge them. And when that challenge game happens, uh, a bunch of people can then kind of report in their, uh, what, they, what they think the actual uh, value for that data feed is. So hypothetically, let's use an example of um, of what is the weather in LA today? I'm guessing it's probably like 72 degrees, right? Um, if somebody comes in and they report 32 degrees, I'm going to challenge them. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Uh, excuse my French. Um, and, and so a bunch of people without being able to talk to each other will be able to then submit what they think, the, honestly, what the weather is. And um, we'll look at the median or average value of that. And then basically, if, if the uh, reporter is uh, beyond a standard deviation, we can then slash them or punish them. The reason I'm bringing up this example is because when you're playing this game on one chain, it's pretty straightforward. But what happens if you're trying to report on Evmos? but all of your assets are bonded on uh, on Ethereum itself. Well, now you need a way to be able to send that message back to Ethereum to kickstart that challenge game. And and so basically Nomad was that message passing channel and Uma Protocol has built this cross-chain application that allows you to report data feeds on other EVM chains and then play this shelling point challenge game on mainnet. And so we're going to see even crazier things like this where you truly start using the chains for their unique app-specific capabilities and then sending messages to different chains based on the different composed uh, use cases that all these chains can do. And that's when we'll be in this truly interchain future. And and that's where I think we're trying to skate to where the puck is going to be. And I think it'll be there faster than we think. Yeah, I guess like to, to add on a, a tiny bit to that, I think following that that same ideology, you know, we want to be kind of like that that web that that brings brings all the different sides together, um, which is like, you know, it, it stays core to to the cosmos um, mission, you know, driving forward, you know, the interchain interchain future, um, and, and especially, you know, you know, we're focused on building like the, you know, it, you know, one of the most you know secure like ways to drive asynchronous communication across chain um and if we can you know push forward that that mission to our users that's what's going to be you know continually more exciting um and as we get you know more and more users interested about um nomad and hopping on our discord and interacting and and you know figuring out what are thinking about more unique ways of um more unique ways of utilizing you know our technology i think that's what you know sparks a, a, a very positive and um, you know, extremely, um, you know, uh, curious and innovative community um, as we push forward. And, you know, we've we've so far done a pretty good job of, about that. So, that's, yeah. That's to your point, Julian, that's where NovaDAO comes in too. Like NovaDAO already has that community of like curious kind of energetic folks that are trying to push Cosmos forward. We're basically giving, giving y'all another primitive to play with, which is this 
messaging channel that then you can use to connect to other EVM chains. So I think like we're excited about this collaboration with y'all because I don't know what, what we're going to come up with, but it's going to be dope. Ditto. Ditto. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm excited. Like there's just so much that can come when, when people collaborate, you know, and join forces. You know, it's it's the best way to do things. You know, you can be a lone wolf and, you know, try to make it or you can, you know, get a community and everybody make it together. Um, so, you know, uh, before we move on to some Q&A from the crowd, I uh, just wanted to maybe, you know, of course, ask the usual question. Uh, is there any alpha maybe you guys have for us or anything you can share? You know, you want to take that one, Julian? I'm going to have to think on that a little bit. Um, alpha. Um, well, I have a lot of great memes coming up. Um, <laughs> um, explaining. I mean, I, 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 like, okay, I, I obviously joke a ton about that, but I think, um, you know, I, I feel like many people are maybe don't necessarily understand where, where, and what Nomad, you know, what Nomad is. We just push, pushed out our manifesto of how we've built and designed every little intricate part of Nomad. Um, but, you know, obviously people want to, you know, people come from various different backgrounds and we not only want to cater to like the technical community, but want to be able to have people that are in the non-technical community or people that just want to use the bridge to be able to better understand like what we're building. It's going to get more and complex over time as we partner with more bridges or more uh, chains and et cetera. Um, so, you know, we're hoping to put out more content to help people be more curious. Um, I guess another thing, we are going to be in ETH Denver. I haven't put anything out um, yet about that, but we we are going to be in ETH Denver. We have a, a couple collaborations put together. We also have um, some collaborative talks. We have um, one on the main stage talking about the future of cross-chain with our, um, you know, with, you know, a ton of people from our core team as well as um, some events outside. We have one in collaboration. We have a talk in collaboration with um, Connects and also events in collaboration with others, which we will uh, announce soon. So if you are in ETH Denver, we'd totally love to meet you all and obviously get to know you guys. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, Pernay, maybe maybe I left something out, but I think that's a decent summary. Yeah, I think I think Barbara's here. Barbara, I think, is bringing uh, 256 shirts to ETH Denver. I, I don't know if I was supposed to leak that alpha, but get get a really cool Nomad shirt if you if you meet us there. Um, but in terms of like roadmap or like technical alpha, um, I don't want to share too much yet. But we are working with some um, brand name projects in in DeFi and, and the Ethereum space to built some really cool zaps, uh, zaps being what we call cross-chain applications. So in addition to deploying the Nomad token bridge, once these channels are live, you're going to see some really cool applications being built that leverage that uh, asynchronous message channel. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll have some more to share on that soon. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you can't always spill all the beans. So I think that was that was a good enough tease for us to get excited about that. Um, so we appreciate your time and, and uh, answering those questions and sharing that with us. So I'd like to go to some Q&A from the crowd. So if anybody out there has a question that they want to ask from the Nomad team, feel free to request your speaker, uh, come up and ask questions. Um, I see that we have Ed already up here who uh, requested to speak. Um, Ed, how you doing? Uh, do you have a question you wanted to ask or anything you I'm want to ask? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This has been a great session so far, by the way. Very educational. Um, so thanks for, for everything you've done so far. Um, I did have questions. So. 
Um, you've probably seen in the news that there was this wormhole attack where uh, $321 million was lost, and then that had to be backstopped by Jump Capital. And a lot of folks uh, kind of credit Vitalik Buterin for predicting that that might happen. And and he he had this this tweet that he sent out a while ago where he made the assertion that the future may not be cross-chain because it increases the the security surface area of attacks where there's a larger surface area if you're if you're working across multiple chains. So if, if any one of those chains gets gets hacked in any way or gets taken over with a 51% attack, then it could potentially affect the assets on the other chains where where those assets may be devalued since the application is spanning multiple chains. So so I just thought, you know, I'm I'm not sure if I agree with that, his perspective on this, but I want to kind of hear your guys' perspective and see if you guys have thought about that at all and what your views are on all that. Yeah, totally. I think that's a fantastic question. And it's kind of um the the underlying question there is um fundamentally like is is any of this is all of this worth it, right? Like what are we building here? Are we kind of going back to this same like 2008 great financial crisis where you have this like uh packaged financial product where um if if that thing unwinds it creates the systemic crisis throughout the rest of the ecosystem and even affects um certain users and like homeowners and people that just weren't even aware of what was going on under the hood and so i think the my first answer to that is i think it's a human nature type of thing to trend towards complexity um, and so I think it's fundamentally unavoidable that if uh, technology is possible, we will build it and we will figure out how to exploit it and push it to the boundaries. But that's not necessarily a bad thing with crypto because the key thing crypto offers is the ability, the observability within these systems. If we look at the um, uh, TradFi system, part of what led to that crisis is just nobody knew how much uh, toxicity was in those assets, whereas um, a lot of the stuff on chain or most of it, if not for the kind of private chains is very, very visible and transparent for people to to kind of uh, look at, exploit and uh, basically have a bug bounty on. And so I think over time, part of part of the the sad thing about the wormhole hack is the Certus team is fantastic. They're, they're great folks. And it wasn't even due to the validators of the root of trust being compromised, but simply it was a smart contract on Solana where somebody had tried to push a PR to fix a vulnerability. That was up for nine hours or something. The exploiter might have seen that PR on GitHub uh, and then exploited it. So it was fundamentally maybe just an OPSEC issue. But my point being that like this type of thing will have to happen a couple times and hopefully peter out until people learn how to build these systems better. Um, in the past in crypto in 2013-14 early days, uh, the Bitfinex hack has been in the news a lot recently uh, because back then exchange hacks were extremely common and it was like, cost of doing business. Um, and, and nowadays, we rarely hear of that because a lot of the standards, a lot of the expertise has matured around that. I think we'll see the same thing happen with interoper interoperability protocols and bridges. And so my, my first part of that answer is, I think humans tend to want to do whatever's possible, but we'll get better at doing it. Um, but I think the second part of the answer that I think is even more pithy and, and uh, shines a light on this um, is something that um, one of my co-founders at Nomad, James Prestwich, um, had a tweet about this, which is people, normal users don't care. They don't do diligence on the security of the underlying protocols. Their need is much more simple. They have WBTC on Ethereum and they want to move that WBTC into Evmos or the Cosmos world. And that'll need to find a way to happen. And so users are not going to say, ah, yes, this cluster of 
shared security chains is much safer. The security model is predictable, so I'll keep my WBTC here. They're going to say, oh, wow, that farm on in the other side of the universe has 3,000% yield. I'm going to ape my WBTC into that, into that chain way over there, and I'm not going to care about the security model of the bridges or the hops that it takes to get there. And so this is almost a forcing function of the users are going to do this whether we like it or not, and our job is to figure out how to build the best rails so that they don't get rugged. Yeah, that's a great answer. I agree with you. I mean, the incentives are too powerful to ignore. So, so this has to happen. Um, great answer. Thank you. Yeah, good question too, Ed. We appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on stage, not being too shy. <laughs> um, we got uh, the mayor. How are you doing? <clears throat> Do you have a question or anything you wanted to say? And then anybody else out there still, don't forget to uh, request to have the mic if you'd like to come up and ask. Yeah, hey, hello. How's it going? Hey, hey. Hey, um, Mayor. Yeah. yeah, great topic. I, I like it. I do have a question for the, the Nomad team. Um, I kind of want to just get an idea of the big picture. Um, if if you could just help me understand. So are you guys are going to be like an application running on Evmos? And is it like, what's the business model? Are you guys going to, will you just be collecting fees through um, just the, the transfer of of messages and tokens or um yeah like what's the business model are you guys gonna have a token totally so if i if i uh I, I would have answered that in the alpha section if if i had to but um i'll quickly answer your two questions which is um first one is how how is the how is nomad deployed between ethereum and evmos and so this goes more to kind of the um, the underlying channel mechanism uh, that Nomad uses to verify cross-chain messages. Uh, if y'all are familiar with like ThorChain or Wormhole or Axelar or Gravity Bridge, these all use a kind of uh, a set of validators or guardians, whatever you want to call them. And often there's there's a separate blockchain in between that acts as this kind of intermediary chain that verifies the messages going from chain A to chain B. Uh, Nomad is much simpler in that because we use this optimistic mechanism, Really, the bulk of what needs to happen is uh, contracts need to be deployed. Smart contracts need to be deployed on both chains. So we'll deploy core contracts or channel contracts on Ethereum and Evmos. And then on top of those, we'll deploy the um, the token bridge Zap smart contracts. And that's like the bulk of what goes on chain. And that handles a lot of the guts of it, which is in queuing messages in a Merkle tree, um, being users being able to send uh, transactions to Zaps, Zaps then enqueuing messages within the Merkle tree, and then getting this uh, state route that can then be piped over to the destination chain. Um, the second component is the off-chain component, which is uh, who are the people that are actually doing the work, sending the uh, maintaining the networking layer and sending the messages between chains. And the main component is uh, the relayer, which is very similar to the IBC relayer. This is a trustless actor that's job is to just take a state route and send it from chain A to chain B. But the key additional kind of actors that Nomad introduces, uh, they're called the updater and the watcher. And so the updater is kind of like a validator of set size one who's permissioned in the smart contract on the home chain. And their job is to basically say, uh, I'm signing this state route and attesting to this being the valid one so that when it gets sent by the relayer over to the destination, 
we know that it's legit and we can authenticate messages against it. And if that updater ever does something wrong, they commit fraud, they sign a wrong state route that tries to send money to themselves, for example, the watcher set uh, are the ones that are whose job are to maintain liveness and flag that fraud to say, hey, updater, you tried to steal a cookie from the cookie jar. I'm going to slap your wrist and make sure you don't get to run away with that. And so the fundamental trust model and what's kind of different between these validator systems and Nomad is the validator systems basically say, we're going to basically say, we're going to throw 100 people at the problem. And as long as 67 of them are honest, all these cross-chain messages will work great. Nomad says, we're going to throw one person at the problem. And if that person tries to do something bad, we'll introduce this dispute window to be able to challenge them and prevent that, that fraud from going through. And so long-winded way of answering uh, your question, which is it's just a, it's a much lighter setup because you only have one off-chain actor and everything else is just smart contracts deployed like an application on both sides. Um, now, getting to the second question, which is how how does the Nomad core team or uh, how do we make money? Like, what's the revenue model for this system? Um, coming back to that highway metaphor that I used earlier, uh, I hate toll roads. So, like for example, uh, I live in Austin. One of the like main thoroughfares or highways in Austin is uh, Mopac, or um, and Mopac is this like it's not an interstate highway, but it runs through the city. And at certain parts, Mopac has now become a toll road. And so whenever we we get up there, I'm I'm avoiding it, and I, I I hate I hate the idea of toll roads fundamentally. And I'm saying all this because uh, I we do not want this to become a toll road. We're not like any swap or multi chain where we're going to slap ten bit fee on it and charge people for essentially doing nothing, right? Like create friction for commerce to flow between chains. I think the idea here is that if there is an interstate highway between chains, it makes it easier for everybody to do business and everybody's GDP goes up as a result. And so we don't want to get in the way of that, of prematurely slapping fees on there. That said, uh, whenever you build something and expend effort and time, you need a way to be able to recoup your costs and make money. And so one of the kind of business models is being like an open source company like Red Hat, which is you put your software out there, there's no IP on it, it's all open source. But then because you have um, experience building it, you can provide services for its customers. And so in the same way, like the Nomad Core team may help run some of the relayers or some of the agents and be able to uh, charge some fees for brokering these transactions. Um, and then the other thing, which I think this is probably the, the best alpha uh, so far, is like bri bridges are not actually bridges. They're, you can think of them as almost um, synthetic asset exchanges where you're locking up uh, assets on one side and then minting a representation or a synthetic on another side. But those assets that are locked up, they can be lent again or rehypothecated to things like Aave or Compound. And so say you have $1 billion of, of TVL in a bridge, you could potentially create a system where 50 million of that can be lent out again on the originating chain. And those yields can be distributed to all the people that lock those assets, or some of it can go to the team building the bridge. Um, this is obviously way down the road. I haven't thought through the details of it, and it's incredibly complex. But you can see ideas where in crypto, everything is a bank or everything is a financial primitive. A bridge is no different, and it can be composed with all sorts of other DeFi protocols like Aave, Compound, whatever. And so for now, we're just focused on building the most secure and best bridge to connect a lot of the chains that cannot be supported by IBC. Once that mission is realized, we can change focus from focusing on growth to thinking about 
okay, how does the system add value to all the people that are spending effort maintaining? Hey, thanks a lot. That that really helps um, just be able to see the big picture. Um, because I do, I do feel like some of the other bridges that, that like, like you said, they're not technically bridges. They're kind of just transferring, um, you know, synthetic assets and stuff like they, they do charge fees if, if I'm not correct, I think, but, um, that, that helps. Yeah. yeah. Any swap I think charges or multi-chain as they're called now, like charges 10, 10 basis points of fees between certain chains and, I just think that's kind of silly because it's like this should be public goods, right? This is plumbing. Like it, everybody uses it and it makes us all wealthier as a result. So it feels short-sighted to try and extract value there because mm-hmm. if you can provide value by connecting and whenever you connect people and, and do it out of goodwill and as a service, life finds like a way through karma or something else to kind of reward you and, and make you whole. So uh, I truly believe in in that, in that force. Um, but, I don't want to get too woo here, so I'm going to stop there. <laughs> sure. No, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, Pranay, just to piggyback off that, I think that's kind of like the whole cosmos of ethos, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so successful because, you know, everybody's about giving back and creating public goods. You know, the Cosmos SDK, like, you know, they created a protocol that was a public good rather compared to Polkadot that created a protocol that's, you know, you got to be a millionaire to be able to rent out and use. So it's really just cool to see the people that are deciding to build in Cosmos and the ethos they have that just continues to shine throughout throughout all the projects. Totally. Long live Cosmos. So I was going to add one one small thing. I think, um, you know, our manifesto does a really good job about this is showing how intentional we are on, you know, some of our design decisions and, the way that we we're, we're we're going about building Nomad, um, I actually going back to like Pranay's, uh, you know, analogy, like we are you know, going to where the puck the puck's going, and that's what you know allows us to to stay ahead of the curve um, and you know focus on our users first. So um, you know, check out check out the the manifesto. Um, it is uh, the second tweet in the in the top of the spaces. But anyways, shilling here. I'll go back on mute. You're good. No worries. You're on stage. It's your time to shine and shill. Is there uh, anybody else out there in the crowd that uh, has any questions? Um, anything they want to share with the Nomad team? Ask of them. You just want to come up here and say anything? <laughs> just want to give everybody a last chance to do that before we thank them for their time uh, and wrap things up. Yeah, I don't see any hands going up, Tricky. So. Think, uh, make sure to think follow. Make sure to follow them, and uh, we'll uh, be on the journey together, waiting for Evmos to launch on the twenty eighth. And uh, it, are you expecting to launch right away when Evmos comes out, or? Uh... Yeah, so I we're ready um, as soon as Evmos mainnet is launched, and we can deploy smart contracts. We'll be good to go. Hopefully, within a couple hours. It'll be hopefully similar to our Moonbeam deployment where it would pretty much happen same day. Um, so, yeah, we're stoked. I mean, love that team. Love y'all. Just excited to get this going. Like, we've been waiting far too long for these ecosystems to be connected. Yeah, I think you did say it earlier. Like, this is two months. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we've been waiting a long time. So I'm super appreciative of all the work your team has done and like super excited to start using that protocol um, to, to move around my Ethereum to, to Cosmos. I'm, I can't wait. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. And, you know, if you guys want to get involved, feel free to hop into our Discord, interact, post memes. Um, but, you know, better yet, you know, looking forward to the the 28th. And obviously, you'll see some tweets from, the you know, from everyone that, you know, we're live and pushing towards that, you know, interchain future. Should be exciting. Super exciting. So yeah, just thank you guys so much for your time, uh, and thank you for uh, you know the last, your last words and just you know being here to share some of the the what the mission of Nomad is, you know, and what's it in store for Cosmos and Evmos and all the people that you know have liquidity that need to come to a, a fun place to you know be at the gen. Um, so we thank you guys. Um, we appreciate hey, you. I got oh, a good. quick quick question. Shoot it. <laughs> What do you guys, you guys said, like, you're trying to move towards the puck, like a, a year down the road from now, um, maybe once, you know, ETH 2.0 is upgraded. Wh- wh- what do you guys see? Do you guys just see like free flowing, just contracts and just a lot more inter chain commerce going on? Like, wh- what do you guys see a year from now? A- any, uh, any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I keep going back to what Ed said, which is like um, that post by Vitalik around multi-chain versus cross-chain. I think one core thing here is just that it's kind of like we've been using these physical metaphors of highways and traveling places. I just think it's so apt because like, for example, when you do groceries, you're not driving out of town or flying to a different country to, to get your groceries. You're doing it in your town. You're staying local. Uh, but then there are certain things that you need to do. You you go out of state or out of country, and so the same thing is for for blockchain in the in the metaverse, right? There will be some jet setters always moving their assets uh, wherever they need to be it uh, within within the chain. Or um, it'll really depend on the use case. I think key thing is, and what I'd like to see is for that friction to be as low as possible, where there's not as much cognitive overhead of figuring out, okay, well, what's the route do I take? Is it safe? How much do I have to pay? If I get there, am I going to deal with liquidity fragmentation? Am I going to have to use a stable swap uh, in order to be able to swap into the right version that the app uses? Um, I think I think BC, Brandon here, was had a good tweet about this earlier, where even with IBC, we're going to have some level of liquidity fragmentation because there's going to be different bridges and different different people serving as like um uh different applications listing different versions of the same assets so like usdc that comes through nomad versus usdc that comes through gravity bridge um, it's going to create a lot of short-term i think turbulence and friction that i would like to see ironed out in the future without continuing to rely on duct tape solutions like using a stable swap to move between them um, I think in the short run, it'll be inevitable. But over time, um, the puck is hopefully going to get to a place where it's all seamless. Um, and people are just able to care at the end of the day about what application they're using. And so the truly like nice vision of this is that I'm a user. I can just go to my wallet and I know I have 2000 USDC. 
I don't know what chain it's on because I, I've moved it between Evmos and Ethereum and Osmosis. These are all secure enough chains for me to be comfortable leaving USDC on there. But I don't know where, where it is. But whenever I need to like um, ape into the, the, the most recent yield farm that I care about or play my play to earn game, I can then move my assets in there and not really think about where the where the where the tokens were to begin with and maybe the fees will be slightly different or i'll have to wait a little bit for the asynchrony but at the end of the day i'm a user i care about the application i don't really care about the plumbing and so a lot of the hard work that protocol teams ourselves included and and the, and the cosmos ecosystem are doing is to lay that in foundational infrastructure such that in the future people will just be able to think about what they want to do with their money or with their like whatever tokens uh, it'll be a lot more seamless Cool. Thanks a lot. That that definitely kind of helps me see what you guys are guaranteed. Because like I, I've heard like some horror stories like on Solana, where there'll be like um, some liquidity pools, and there's like five or six different USDC types. Like you know, it's like there's the the ERC twenty. There's this you know, there's just like three or four different types of USDC, and I think that's that's a hard thing for a lot of people to to work around when they're trying to move stuff around but it seems like that's like one of the key problems you guys are trying to solve exactly no and and i have a horror story to share as well i'm not gonna out which of my friends this happened to but one of my friends is is, is a degen kind of DeFi yield farmer type and um he he moved thirty thousand dollars worth of usdc from ethereum to um solana using wormhole um, and this was like several months ago, so it has nothing to do with the recent wormhole exploit. But so he's farming with that USDC, all was going well, and then he wanted to kind of cash it out and like go back to fiat. So he sent that USDC to to OKX, which is which is an exchange. He found the like deposit address for USDC and sent it there. And he waited for a little bit, nothing, no USDC. Kept waiting, no USDC. And so like hours go by, and and no USDC shows up. Eventually, he realizes that address was for natively issued USDC that the company Circle issues on Solana directly. Um, what he had done was he sent the wormhole USDC to that address and basically blackholed it and had to go then talk to OKX customer support to see if there was a way he could recover it. Uh, I'm going to leave the cliffhanger here and not share whether he recovered it or not. But that's that's kind of the type of horror stories that can happen where each bridge or kind of each representation of USDC is underpinned by a different security model. And is even though we see it as USDC at the end of the day, it's a different token. It's a different asset. And they have no way of, um, those assets don't know, they, they're not fungible because you can't call them identical because they're actually different assets on chain. And so one of the things we're trying to do is create the standard, coming back to what I was saying earlier about providing a consistent, uh, like, connective tissue and interface so people do not have to deal with headaches like this like is this is this industry and is this field ever going to kind of uh, expand beyond like the folks like us who can spend time researching and understanding all the details of things if it's if it's ever going to get there we need to get rid of just basic like sharp corners like this where all i want to do is i want to put my us dollar coin somewhere and if i have to think about like Oh, what is the bridge security that underpins it? Which representation does the application use? I'm I'm not going to care. I'm just going to go back to using whatever uh, Web2 products that I'm using because it's just too much headache. And so that's one of the things that we're trying to optimize for, but it's going to take a lot of effort from from multiple parties across the ecosystem in order to get there. 
I, I think this is like the 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 grander problem of just like how do we get the you know lots of people you know they they say they're trying you know their goal is to bring on the next you know billion people onto the blockchain and I think this is like one of those steps in in that direction that maybe isn't necessarily that obvious right like people like NFTs or like you know wallets are the future but like you know these sort of things and how to you know be a nomad and and move around these different chains is like something that we want to make as easy as possible i think like one analogy that i love is is you know right now we're in the phase where like you know you're building a teleporter but the teleporter is like the size of a football field filled with like you know goo you know goo and you know it's like it only works when you like turn it on and use like a million different like you know a million watts of energy uh but now we're trying to you know size it down and you know put that teleporter into a convenience store so you can just pull it off the shelf and start using it um and i i totally see that future and and that's where you know the puck is headed so yeah good questions guys good stuff because it's obviously other people things other people think about so it's always nice when somebody else asks the question before you even have the time to think about it so appreciate that mayor <laughs> yeah i felt like we we said we said our buys and then you you hit us with a good one and we're like all right let's go back in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just helps. It helps see the big picture because it's like, I, I, it's, it's crazy how you think things should be simpler, but it's like it's still so early, early. And it's like I know, like the ERC twenty was like the standard there for a while, but now it's just everything has outgrown Ethereum, and it, it's kind of like Ethereum wanted to be the 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 one player, but it's just. It just can't. It's just not scaling. It just can't handle it right now. Thanks again, Mayor. Um, I want to remind everyone that we've pinned the uh, Nomad Discord here at the top. So if you want to give them a follow to the Discord, we do have it pinned up here in the top for them. Thank you guys so much for for joining us. Um, it's been very very awesome for us to have you here, and uh, we look forward to to this connection that we've developed. Totally. It was lovely being here and we look forward to future hangs as well. So see y'all around. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks guys. We'll talk soon. Yeah, dude, that was yeah, good dude. stuff, dude. I always love it. Like, you know, like new projects coming in and learn about them, but like just to like hear from their team and kind of get an idea of like, what kind of people they are and yeah, like how they want their project to really be beneficial to the users and the user experience is important to them. Just like, makes it all so much worth it and you continue to be bullish and you're like fucking sorry excuse me language. <laughs> just, you know you're so excited about you know, all the things that are, are to come still yeah no definitely you're right about that for sure so uh i guess it's time to just do the ipc hang now right oh yeah yes sir i tried to i tried to use uh the um there's a secret bridge to bridge over your Ethereum to secret. And I was going to bridge over all the Ethereum I have. I was just going to say, fuck it. Oh, sorry. But then, uh, I went to, I went to, uh, I went to Lido to take it out and I didn't know you can't take it out. You have to wait till Ethereum 2.0 launches. Oh no. My Ethereum, my Ethereum is truly <laughs> just stuck there. Cause I put no. all of it into staking. So I'm stuck with that like 4.7%. But oh, yeah. the question is, is like, is Ethereum 2.0 ever going to release? Or, uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I was years the same thing, man. I was like, man, I don't know if that's going to ever happen. Like, I, th I, thought I, I thought I remember hearing that, that like once you staked, like it was locked 
until it goes live. Uh, yeah, and I thought that Lido didn't do that, but it turns out they do. On Binance, that's what it says when you go to stake your Ethereum. It says, like, we don't know when this is coming out, but basically, like, if you put your money in and stake this, you can't take it out until Ethereum 2.0. But I think they revised it so you can take it back out into ETH now. Yeah, and I think it's like it's not necessarily like when it's full on ETH 2.0. It's just when like the beacon chain becomes the main chain, is when those withdrawals are supposed to be with allowed. But but yeah, dude, there's so many people that you know aped in and threw in so much ETH, and they're thinking it was coming soon, and then you know six months a year later, <laughs> here we are. Ouch. <laughs> in, I mean, like, but where else do you get that kind of APY return? Like, if you're getting like four point seven percent, man, like. I don't think I've seen anything like it. Until you get into the cosmos and get on well, those yeah, I wonder what the, <laughs> the APY is on that. I should calculate it. Yeah, I think I'm still getting... You, so how does it work again? Because like, I know on my stars and Adam pool, it says like 97% or something. But like in reality, I'm getting like uh, almost like 1% a day on it. I think I'm getting like... Yeah stupid like that yeah i think that the the external incentives don't show on there exactly right like you're only seeing a portion of the of the like because you get you get from fees you get from external incentives and then you also have regular incentives so i'll take it (laughs) i'll take it all day i still haven't farmed my uh cosmos today my pools yeah dude once a day you get those rewards go in and funnel them around to where you want them to go it's like a game <laughs> yeah no doubt i'm i think i'm making like 20 bucks a day right now so i'm pretty happy an extra like 7k a year or something i think it ends up being obviously it's the pool apy won't stay at that but i'll take it bro it adds up dude and then you auto compound that shit you know and some stuff you know gets appreciates and then you end up getting another airdrop for LPing, and you add that to the lp pool and then you know, just keep going from there. I, I, I think this might be the first time I'm in your guys's uh, chat with the uh, the UST uh, username now. After Deploy got that for me. <laughs> oh, we got to bring Deploy up here. We got to put him on stage. Dude, I've tried inviting him, man. I think he's he's eating or something, maybe. But uh, yeah, come on, get up here, boy. <laughs> hey, I got a quick question about Osmosis. Uh, liquidity pool um i i I, um put some liquidity in um the ust osmo pool it's uh 560 so it says ust osmo and i'm i'm getting paid in luna is anyone else in that pool the number 560 their external incentives are uh luna i think if I'm correct, maybe, maybe not. Okay. Um, that, and that's why. But you still get your wanted, fees and your osmosis payment too, though. Say what? You're also still just getting the swap fees from the pool and then mm-hmm. like your osmosis incentives as well. So, yeah. Pretty, pretty All right. I just want to make sure I wasn't going crazy because I'm like, I know it's in the UST osmosis. Why, I, why are they paying me out in Luna? It's just like a couple pennies, but like I was just. Yeah. Yo, DJ, and I see you removed the uh, .eth from your name as well. So you went full UST, eh? 
Yeah, I was I was having a I was having a hard time there. I was like, I don't know, like it was dot ETH, and then I was like, USD <laughs> looks pretty clean. I made sure to put it in my banner though, and I bought dot soul too, so I have it in uh, all three chains. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get um one of the star names as well, and then the Juno DDNS. Oh yeah, I guess that's the thing. Yep. I have like a thousand different freaking dot. <laughs> I have so many of the uh, the uh, star name ones, like. I have like star president and like I, I just went on a spree. I have like Kardashian. I bought all the random nonsense. I should buy like stars dot stars or something like that. Uh yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. The UST looks pretty clean. I, I do miss the dot ETH a little bit, and I mean I am rocking the hexagon profile picture, so everybody knows I'm an ETH head anyways, but yeah, the UST looks pretty clean. Plus you bought it for me, so I couldn't I don't want to be that guy that like just doesn't rock it. <laughs> uh, nah, there was enough to put it on, but I mean, I I, th- I think the UST one's going to get a whole lot more use in the coming months versus your .eth one, anyways. So, oh yeah, I, I just have .eth for the flex. <laughs> it's so funny too. So many people are like, "Oh man, I can like move around money and like it's not trackable." And then it's like the second you throw like a, a dot ETH on your wallet, literally people are going to search your wallet right up on ETH. Yeah, that's why my deployed in one is attached to a different wallet. It's not attached to my primary, um, just to kind of keep that separate because I, yeah, I didn't want to kind of expose every single thing I have just off that. Well, luckily I don't, dot, dot uh, UST is Luna, right? Yeah. Well, luckily, I don't have any kind of money in UST and Luna. It's on Cosmos, so people can look that up. <laughs> yeah, you'll Dude, be all in at one point or another. Yep. Next time you sell a, an NFT or get some more ETH, you're going to have to move it over into Luna. Yeah, I mean, you can just you use the account. ETH through Lido, bridge that over to Anchor, and then you'll earn interest on that paid out in UST. But uh, I won't. I wouldn't make like as good of returns in Luna as I would in like Cosmos and Osmos and all those, right? Well, I mean, if you think Ethereum's going to generally maintain its price, you could use that as collateral and then withdraw UST as a loan against that and use that to go nuts. Like if you have a bunch of Ethereum sitting and, and you still think there's a long-term vision for it, you can borrow against it, take a whole bunch of money out on it and then use that to buy other Cosmos-related projects. You know what's actually funny though? I have zero dollars in ETH right now. I don't have anything. I brought it all over. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, you got to live up to your name. You got to take loans and stuff, right? Well, I have it. I have all of my ETH money wrapped up in like super, like like really small cap altcoins right now, and it's all averaged down, so I can't move it around quite yet. Maybe once stuff starts popping again. Yeah, everything needs to really pop off just to cover the fees and transferring, like. I don't know if you guys went in on that. Um, it looks rare, like with the staking on Ethereum for the NFT platform. It was like eight hundred percent, and it was insane. And then they did their halving the other day, and I was gonna pull it out, and it was like two hundred dollars to withdraw it. So I was like, ah, I might as well leave it. And of course, now yeah. I'm way down. That's what I was saying. I don't know if you were in the space. I was saying that too. I think tricky. Where I was like, the airdrops and stuff, and the the like claiming your staking rewards is so nice on Cosmos compared to ETH, like. You just you just get burned on ETH, man. Like even just like claiming your staking rewards, I think is like fifty bucks or a hundred bucks or one hundred and fifty bucks or something. Or to swap to swap tokens, man. It's like one hundred and fifty bucks gas on Uniswap. It's so gross. Yeah, I dumped <laughs> another ten percent of my Ethereum. 
yesterday at like thirty one fifty or so. Uh yeah. I just constantly thin that one out. <laughs> yeah, I'm in looks rare still staking. I was in it like day one. I, I put like a ton of ETH. I put like one point three ETH into it and it went uh I put it on a scam website. It was like a, a fake Uniswap website, so that felt really terrible. But uh but yeah, man, it's it's like uh, on Uniswap, I put like 300 bucks into this project. I thought I was going to do really well. It doubled in price. So I had 600 bucks. And then I think I had to pay like 250 bucks gas to pull it out. And so I ended up like making a $50 profit <laughs> when the thing went up times two. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting when EVMOS comes live and then we've got Nomad now to, to start bringing that all that over. But yeah, that that is like one of the last things you guys were talking about. That is definitely a major problem with all these fragmented uh, like rap versions. Like, I don't know if you guys are very familiar with Solana, but if you go to like Radium and you search like Ethereum, you'll see like six different versions of it all labeled by their different bridges. And I saw something today coming out that Osmo is going to have multi-coin uh, liquidity pools which would basically mean you could technically add like three or four different types of these raft coins into the one pool and kind of have that centralized way of doing it but yeah you're kind of breaking up there yeah i think you got rugged <laughs> yeah still no you sound good right now oh that's weird um but yeah like like i said i'm just i'm interested to see how, how it plays out with eve moss and nomad launching it seems like they are going to fix a lot of those issues and so I, I kind of missed the whole thing. I was uh, had like a birthday party thing I was doing. But um, so Nomad is basically like trying to bridge uh, ETH to Cosmos or make like ERC stuff on Cosmos, something like that. Yeah, like I, I didn't read into it all that much prior, like right after we um, finish the space, I'm likely going to dig into it a bit more. But ultimately, Gravity Bridge um, does something similar. Nomad's going to do something, but it sounds like they do it in in a different way. I'm not entirely familiar. I mean, maybe we should have asked the guys a bit more questions, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of these different bridges. It just sounds like the way they do it is a, a little bit better. Here, let me start, I'm going to look some of it up right now just to get a better idea. Yeah, so Nomad actually has bridges from like a bunch of like even Cardano. Um, <laughs> and a couple other different chains. So they're kind of trying to be like the public good, it's from what it sounds like, of bridges for most chains. And they want to help create like a standard for bridged assets so that it's not like uh, that experience on Solana and Radium where it's like all those different, you know, types of wrapped assets. Um, trying to like help it like, you know, in the background do all the work and we just don't even really care or matter because it all makes it so smooth. Um, and they have like what, you know, what it sounds like is like one of the most secure bridges too. And they're not like, they haven't had any exploits, you know, like the wormhole or anything like that. Um, but yeah, they just fits mainly, like you guys said, just bridging over <clears throat> the assets um, into like liquidity into these new ecosystems. Do they have a token I can go throw a bunch of money in in hopes that they're going to do well? <laughs> when most launches, they will. <laughs> and like, you know, we were, someone just mentioned, like, we might start seeing like Evmos airdrop season two with these projects, you know, launching on Evmos. You know, so... I'm trying to spread all my funds out so I make sure I get all these airdrops. People talking about $9,000 airdrops. I'm like, yeah, okay, just let me know what pools. <laughs> February 17th is the next major, um, so like next week, the next major uh, Cosmos upgrade. And typically, 
buy all these major upgrades is when they've taken snapshots for all the maps. You know, Anna, um, the upgrade last year was snapshot for Osmo and Juno. So if you have any Atom unstaked or you plan on adding anything more, I'd suggest do so prior to the 17th. Lock that up just so if there's any um, airdrops that snapshot off that uh, upgrade, you'll be included. Yeah, I think I have like 10 Atom or something staked. I don't have a whole lot, but yeah, I... I am, however, though, as of today, my house is listed. So hopefully we can get a, a sell and hopefully uh, some more liquidity comes into Cosmos. <laughs> yeah, that's full D-Gen mode right there. Yeah, D-Gen, you're up in Canada, right? Yeah, you betcha. Oh, all right, man. Yeah, my condo lists next week as well, actually. So <laughs> not for the same reasons as you, I don't think. Well, yeah, our, our, mine's mainly just because I have a kid coming on, like, the 16th and stuff like that, and I, it's, like, a rental property, and it's just been a nightmare, so I'm like, uh, I could get rid of it, and then I saw crypto dip, and I was like, I need to get rid of it now. <laughs> Dude, congratulations. You got a little little baby to Jen coming out? Yeah, a little baby <laughs> to Jen. I was actually thinking, uh, I, and I, I don't think it's something I'll follow through with, but it'd be kind of cool to have, like, a um on like an nft where like you go on the website and you just fill out your kids like date of birth and like stamp their fucking birth certificate on the blockchain it'd be kind of (laughs) cool never losing that damn birth certificate ever yeah exactly keep it in the wall (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's gonna be hey i'm about to get ready and fly out and see him on valentine's day I'm getting my tickets like right now as we speak, but I just want to tell you congratulations. I have mine today. It was supposed to be a boy, but it came out a girl. Dude, I think I saw your post about that. I was that's like, crazy. I've been crying all day. I've been crying all day and smoking, crying all day and shit at work. <laughs> it's supposed to. It's supposed to be a boy, but you ended up getting a girl. Yeah, like even on the ultrasounds, that it was a boy, like on every single ultrasound. And as soon as the baby was born, it was a girl. A girl, she called me. She was like, I said, what the f- it's not supposed to be a girl. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, my, my fiance was like, oh, I can feel it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a boy, blah, blah. And then when we got the ultrasound, they told us it was a girl. So we're. Uh, yeah, I was going to buy the I was going to buy. She had the baby at um four this morning. She can see she can see the baby at no, it was like seven this morning. I was up something for her at four when she went to the hospital. And I was gonna get get anything, but I'm just gonna wait till night because it's way cheaper. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. And if I can after that, before I start moving to fucking Vegas, I'll try to stop in Denver if I can. Like I'm I'm moving around right now. I'm trying. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, all this stuff going on. Kids coming. Like over the last couple of weeks, I've been off work, and I'm still trying to put as much money into. I'm doing an NFT project, trying to put as much money. Still grinding. Still like messaging people, trying to get something to take off. So yeah, we'll see. See what happens. Cool beans. I'll see y'all later.
Have a good night, everybody. I'm still down there in the chat room. See you, man. Congrats. Speaking of NFTs, um, how about the Secret Apes? I think uh, they're getting close to reaching uh, total sellout of 3,333. Oh, I thought they had 10,000. They cut it back. They cut Ah. it back. Are they live on Stash yet? I think you can. You can transfer. Can you transfer your ape over? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll check now. Let's see. You got the. I've been waiting for it to come up on Stash, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it doesn't appear so. So it, the only place to see it is actually on the the ape web website. There was some other, uh, it was called Degenerate Apes, and it looks like it's a scam, so be careful with that. Dude, there was like the biggest scam on ETH, uh, well, not like the biggest scam, but it was like a huge scam project on ETH a couple days ago. It was like kind of hilarious to watch, but also like feels bad for the people that like actually bought into it. Um, It was like this massive hyped up project. It had like a couple hundred thousand people. Oh, <laughs> it's the other kid. <laughs> Is that the one where it said like their team that was like their twentieth time doing so or something? Uh, I don't know. It was called Squiggles, and they had like a, yeah, they they had like a bunch of uh, like crazy amounts of followers, and they've been like it. It was kind of obvious they just stole Doodles like artwork and made it three D, just with somebody on Fiverr or something. And then uh, they just like, I don't know, I always, it's always a red flag when a project like overnight gets like 50,000 followers and stuff like that. But, and then the day of mint, everybody's like, oh yeah, like this came out, this guy has been associated with a bunch of other scams and yada yada. And people still minted it. Like at like, I think the mint price was 0.6 ETH. So like 15, 1700 bucks, something like that. Plus gas. And then they did like a Dutch auction for public sales. So it started at one ETH. So people were paying like $3,000 to mint this thing. And then their Discord closed down. Their, I, think their, I think their Twitter's still up, but their Discord shut down. OpenSea like took their collection off of OpenSea. So you can't even like trade it on there anymore. This is like Ooh, the next wow. It genuinely doesn't make sense why people would do that. Like if... If they're after the money, like it, it would be better with that massive following to just kind of operate it yeah. and, and run it as an actual valid, legitimate project rather than looking over your shoulder and kind of screwing over all these people, right? Like it, it's, it's <laughs> like it was like some college guys or something. Cause I was, I was listening to a space. It's like this guy doesn't have very many followers, but he opens these spaces up and he like has done so much research on like what's going on and he comes in and just like, goes to town it's pretty sweet but so i was talking to this this guy and somebody popped in and they're like oh and i know the guy that was one of the devs on that uh on that nft project and it sounded like they were like college and what they do basically is just like pay whatever like five thousand dollars for a fiber guy to make some crazy like eye can and then fucking pay off a bunch of influencers to shill the project and do collabs with a couple other things and get a huge following and i think they made something like they didn't even sell out they made something like somewhere between like six to six to eight million dollars jeez yeah so 
So imagine that your cost out is maybe something like, I don't know, 50 grand, maybe max. And then like you make eight mil and then you just rinse and repeat it. <laughs> I, I mean, I can see, yeah. I can see why people do it, but I don't know how you have the morals to do something like that. <laughs> well, it's just NFTs on ETH were just, well, in Polygon and they were just blowing up so fast. You know, I think it's just so many people rushing into these projects and it's just, it's just too tempting for these people. I don't know, but it's like you said, if they got that big of a following, it'd be better just to run the project. But I don't know, like with the secret ape, that that's my first, my first NFT, you know, and it's like, it was hard figuring out all the secret stuff, getting a secret secret. And so, but I was like, all right, I'm going to do it because I want to get more into NFTs and I want to learn this. And with start with stargaze going, on cosmos and in secret it's like i just i got to do this so you know 15 secret i mean what was it It was like around 140 bucks for one eight i thought it was i'm like what the heck you know i'm, I'm gonna do this so um i think it's good i think it's i think it's gonna be a good project and i think you know we're still early over on the cosmos side as far as in nfts I, I, yeah, like I, I think that the low cost of the entry is uh, is awesome for NFTs in the Cosmos. Like like you said, 15 secrets, not that much. And like, I did see your ape in the Discord. Like, I like it, dude. I think you should put it as your, your picture on here. I was going to uh, say. But I, yeah, you got a cowboy hat, right? Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I was going to say you got your first NFT. You're not even rocking it as your profile picture. <laughs> No, I got it on my PC and I'm using uh, I'm using my phone, you know, for Twitter spaces. I, I on my di on the Discord, um, I, I got it switched over. But yeah, I haven't switched it over yet. But um, so uh, I yeah, go ahead. I, I'd argue that uh, when you say like NFTs or we're early for NFTs on Cosmos, I I would still argue we're like early on NFTs in general, but. Uh, <laughs> Like, like, I think even on ETH, like ETH only has, I think there's 1.6 million wallets active on ETH. And like, people have like multiple wallets too. Like, I bet you really the number of people trading OpenSea is maybe, maybe a million in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, only 12 people can afford to do so. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just crazy over there with the ETH fees. But, um, so just real quick question. Do you guys, I mean, I think it's, it's a good, I mean, I know they, they moved the, the total mint down to, you know, 3,333 because they really felt like they didn't have, they weren't going to reach their goal and they cut it down. But I mean, as far as the project, it makes, makes them rarer, you know, they, they're real close to selling out now. I think there's only like 400 left. Yeah. Uh, oh, go, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to just say like, yeah, I mean, it's, it makes it more rare. But, uh, yeah, I hope it doesn't mess anything up, like, later on down the project, like, if they had any pro uh, plans for games and, or things like that. I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, but, uh, I, yeah, I think it's just something more to have fun with. Like, uh, like yeah, just uh, – I, I, I don't know if I'll ever get my money back is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Like, and if I don't, you know what I mean? I had a lot of fun. It's a learning experience. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the whole experience with, like, NFTs. Like, like I said – Low cost of entry with with uh, with uh, secret and and cosmos in general just makes it more fun for me, and like 
yeah, I, I believe that Cosmos ecosystem is about to explode. And like if NFTs see that same kind of thing, yeah, we'll do pretty good. But uh, even if not, like I'll, I'll give away some apes, get some people into Cosmos, you know, just overall have fun connecting. And uh, that's what I think it's about. Like, like I, I kind of think of them as like trading cards and I never got my money back with those either. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> it's just a lot of fun for me <laughs> oh, yeah. personally. A hundred percent. I'd say for for uh, the selling out thing, like, yeah, the the only concern is usually, um, like, the the NFT mint is usually almost like a a crowd fund of like raising money so that they can kind of foresee their roadmap or play out their roadmap. I mean, it depends how much money they really need and how much money's going into their pocket, but. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be cool to see what happens with all the all the NFTs on Cosmos. I think uh, switching over, like when I start buying NFTs, I think the first couple, I'm just going to, you just pretty much have to assume you're not going to make your money back, especially when you're minting. You just got to pick one you like the art, pick one you like the project, the community, whatever it is, uh, and just say like, I'm not making money on this. And then if it does go crazy and it does blow up, then like, sweet, you just 10x, 100x your money, whatever it is. Um, but like even my profile picture, I just bought that cause I like the art and I don't think the community is going to go anywhere, <laughs> but yeah, that is cool. Have any of you uh, seen Cyberdeck? The guy was tweeting about it just the other day. It's like this interface to manage like your terror wallets and everything. And one thing they're doing, which is really, really cool is they're selling NFTs they're, they're calling them the first settlement, like premium memberships. And if you have one of these NFTs in your wallet, you'll get early access to actually use their platform. And it's really, really cool. It's like a, a giant centralized interface for seeing like your portfolio, all your staking, and so you can claim everything all at once. Your active pools and all your NFTs. And that, and it feel like isn't like a beer is gonna have that kind of interface too, though. Like I don't know. I would love, I would love that, but like I want to see like all of the ones that are coming out for free anyway. You know. Here, uh, tricky. I'll, uh, I'll DM it to you. I don't know if you want to pin it or anything like that, but it's uh, pretty cool. Hey, going back to trading cards and secret network, have you guys seen uh, Secret Dreamscape or looked into that project at all? I saw I saw a couple posts on Twitter. It looked pretty sweet. I, di- I didn't um, look into it too much, but I think I saw a couple uh, couple of them on, on Twitter feeds. Man, it's a really cool concept what they have going on over there. It's like a, it's like a fusion of Scrabble and online poker and like Magic the Gathering. Right, so the, the cards are the NFTs, but in the game you can get like silver decks and gold decks, and these decks, when you play the game, acquire the attributes of like the game as you play it and become the NFT over time. So like it holds all the value of like every game that you played and like all the secret words, and it looks cool as shit, man. And they just went live like three days ago. Yeah, I think a lot of the aspects of the secret network. That's why I wanted to get it get an ape on on this on secret. It's just because I I really feel like it's that's going to be really attractive to a lot of the the people coming over from Ethereum because like on Ethereum, you know, you, you move stuff around and it's like you guys said, you know, your you, your wallet address is out there, but like secret that the whole goal of the secret secret network is so like you can have stuff and. Like people can't see everything. I mean, right? That's the whole gist of it. I think it's gonna. I just think 
secret's going to blow up. I, I, I have a feeling. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, Shade, once that launches, I think, what, next week, is going to be uh, bringing a lot of attention over to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It, I think there's just so many more applications you can do with, with some of the secret NFTs to where, like, you you don't see every you can't see everything unless you're you're doing you know you're doing stuff in in some of the secret applications i don't know i just think it's i there i think there's a lot more use cases for it maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah i i need to start looking into some more cosmos nfts i haven't had taken a chance to look i'm just kind of winding down my eth stuff now i Pretty much, I pretty much sold almost all of my NFTs except for like a handful of cheaper ones. But yeah, need to get into some Cosmos stuff. Hey, did you? Oh, I was I was just gonna ask him about his uh, NFT project. How is that going for him? Good man. Uh, I think I'm gonna switch the art up. It sucks. I I paid an artist. I kind of rushed the uh, the art part of it, especially because kind of like doodle art was like a huge kind of like trend. So I kind of tried to jump that trend and then it kind of blew over. And then I was left with like, uh, I got an artist to make like a bunch of NFTs that were very, very basic and uh, which is cool and whatnot. But uh, I just wanted something that would catch the eye a little bit more. Um, okay. Uh, other than that, uh, pretty good. I mean, I, I'm getting a, a, a following slowly, but surely I'm not trying to do the whole like, get a bunch of influencers to shill it and like try and get it way overhyped. Like I, I'm more trying to build like an actual community of like kind of people I know, people that know me, maybe like guys from like lazy lions and other projects that I'm in. Like I, I kind of want a, a solid base, not just one that kind of like pops and then dies off in two seconds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I'm, ref- I'm redoing, refining the art right now. I have three different artists working on, uh, three different types of art and then i'm gonna like kind of show it to the community and get a vote on it and see what they think but uh yeah uh polishing a couple things on the roadmap and just i don't know building slowly but surely uh yeah you're just practicing on ethereum huh before you know you can do it here in cosmos (laughs) (laughs) i i was talking about maybe doing like uh an ethereum draw like the only reason i really like ethereum is a because i just know like a bunch of people from a bunch of projects i know like kind of what works in projects and what doesn't Uh, and i mean i guess that kind of would come across to cosmos as well but uh like kind of what i was thinking was doing um my initial drop on ethereum um because you can you can raise up you can raise more money on ethereum too like you can just charge for nft drops um but uh and then doing like a almost like the an identical collection or something very similar um, on Cosmos and doing like a free drop to the ETH holders and hopefully that'll pull some guys over to oh yeah that'd be uh, pretty neat yeah and and so basically saying whatever if you hold this NFT you get a pass or something or like it'll just link with your wallet and you can mint on Cosmos for free and uh, and then. Cause, cause obviously I want to build out into some of these other networks. I think Solana has some cool games and stuff that are coming out on that platform. So I might do the same thing with Solana. I think it'll be one of the first projects that's kind of on multiple chains. Like I think ETH is doing some cool stuff, but I also think there's so much building going on in soul and cosmos that 
a lot of ETH projects are going to miss out on just solely being on ETH. So Mm -hmm. I think it'd be cool. And it doesn't cost that much to kind of whatever, get a dev to be able to write a smart contract on like Soul and and Cosmos. And then that way, like anybody in the project can kind of play on all three. And so if I want to do some stuff in like Sandbox, I can do that. If I want to come do some stuff uh, once kind of Cosmos starts popping off, or like inevitably I'm assuming there is going to be some metaverse stuff on Solana. So then, then people don't have to worry about like, Oh, I'm kind of stuck on ETH and like what, what next project do I have to buy on a different platform to be involved in that? Yeah. Well, you know, projects will help you coordinate like any of these, like this new launches you're trying to do. Cause uh, the community just loves to help out like that. So these new connections you're making here at Cosmos though, will definitely help you out. Heck yeah, and maybe I can buy, <laughs> maybe I can bring like ETH heads over here and, and get a popping over here. See, we can just ask, you know get a big party going. <laughs> yeah, we started doing something very similar for our launch, where um, previously, like the uh, other part of our team, uh, Psych and MetaMay being in here, they ran their psychedelic sloths, and um, we kind of wanted to start bringing all those people over. So now um, we're rolling out a tool in the next couple of days, which will basically allow them to sign a message in their salon on a wallet to confirm that that they actually own that it will check to see which nfts they have and then we'll give them a credit for a free one once ours goes live um in the next couple of weeks as well so yeah we we like the idea of kind of taking our previous project and and not kind of leaving them in the dark but now bringing them into this new side and getting them started with their first nft for free because they were loyal on the initial yeah. So yeah, that, that's a cool idea to get to kind of have your your multi-chain um, NFT and uh, yeah, let me know when that's uh, going live because I'll have to scoop a couple as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like in video games, if you can take something that's you know backwards compatible with a video game, you, you can play in uh, that's in, for an old system and the newer system. That's kind of similar to this, but this would be more like sideways compatible, where you can just change it from blockchain to blockchain. So that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, we're we're not like destroying them, so they'll still have their original one on Solana because ultimately those were the psychedelic sloths, and it, it's not the same theme as our anarchists. So they'll still have both, but because they've minted the previous one, they'll also get this one for free. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to that as well. Man, that's awesome. Hey, Dijin. So what um what three different NFTs like are you making them draw? Are they going to be bears like the ones that you're doing right now, or where are they going to be? Yeah. Give yeah, us the so scoop. Uh, yeah, so they're, <laughs> uh, they're bears. I think we're going to stick with the same theme kind of because, I, I don't know, I kind of I kind of liked the bears because, I mean, there's not a whole ton of bears. Like, everybody's doing, you know, apes, monkeys, gorillas, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of wanted to not do something like that. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily help. I know a lot of projects that kind of copy or or go off other projects that do well because people just know the art but i thought i'd try to do something different um i kind of like the the teddy bear feel i think i'm gonna try and i I haven't fully decided like um i have kind of a roadmap 1.0 which is like kind of what i'm gonna do up front to kind of create that incentive for people to buy in and people to hold for a bit but then like after that obviously you need something that's gonna be a brand like inevitably like forever because you can't just yeah. hey we have a staking token and a coin and 
and we have like some metaverse stuff going on like that that only lasts for so long before people are like well everybody's doing that right so um yeah i wanted to play into maybe uh some sort of well i I don't want to speak too much on it because i still am like decided and i don't want to like be like this is this is what we're doing like long term (laughs) yeah um but yeah i i want to do some sort of like media thing whether it's like maybe like an animated series or uh like a mobile game or something like that one one thing i was really thinking hard uh, uh about doing is um doing like a decentralized like twitter because i think there's a lot of people that are like oh especially with like the hexagon profile pictures where you have to buy twitter blue and everybody's like all butthurt because it's going to like a centralized place almost oh, yeah. like uh twitter that's decentralized and like obviously like still free um but like with our brand and instead of being twitter it would be like Heyo or something like that with like the bear icon and it would be almost identical but instead of being centralized it would be kind of based around a dow or something like that and and that's something i think about more and more i don't know if it's going to be something that i spend a whole ton of time on or if we end up going with it but i thought it was like a cool kind of have you looked at desmos no, it's a cosmos chain. It's their whole thing is like uh, a blockchain for social media and decentralized social media. Oh, that's it's sick. an IBC yeah. as well. So, um, and you, you said you're <laughs> looking for uh, like a teddy bear style of theme. Um, take a look at the Dirty Bear Country Club. It's another Terra based NFT. There are a bunch of teddy bears that all have like baseball bats and like hammers for some reason. <laughs> there's also there's also the bear market for Zilliqa. I know that does. Bears. I don't know if they're teddy bears. I just heard about that. So you check them out also. Well, I'll see if I can here. I'm going to, I think it just popped up. So that's kind of, they just gave me the sketch for one of them. One of the artists said like, Hey, you know what? I, I've got like a rough sketch done for, uh, for the bears or whatever. So this is kind of one of the bases I'm thinking of. And the more I look at it, the more I kind of like it. I don't know. Like has <laughs> a lot more detail than the original artwork, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It kind of sucks because I don't have like a ton of money to uh, kind of like just go out. And like, I know a lot of people that are starting NFT projects have all this money for like devs and art and like um, whatever marketing and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and so this is like, I feel more strongly about it because I'm like, okay, you know what? I've been in the NFT space. I've been like the consumer. I know what drives a project. Um, and so, you know what? It's probably going to take a little longer because it's like organic growth. It's like not a whole ton of money like behind it at the start. But uh, I think if we can, if I can gain some traction, I think I, uh, I can do some like pretty, pretty cool things and, and hopefully make like a lasting brand that like people know, people recognize, people want to be a part of. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> what's that? Go ahead. I was going to ask you, do you have like a, like an internal timeline of like how long you want to put into it before it comes out or you just kind of going with the flow? So I want to, I don't have a timeline necessarily at first I did. And now I'm more like, I want to make sure the audience is there because the, the last thing I want to do is try and rush the launch and stuff like that and have it mm-hmm. just up and then have put like a bunch of time into it just to watch it flop so i'm kind of going uh kind of by almost audience so like for now it's like 
uh, at 100 followers, we're going to start releasing parts of the roadmap um, and then incrementally like keep releasing different parts of it. At 500 followers, we're going to open the Discord and then do some stuff from there. Um, I, I put a poll out for uh, if people wanted me to do like uh, like a founder's pass or something where like uh, for people that are here now, I put out an NFT that is a founder's pass. Um, people buy the NFT and basically gets them a free mint spot, uh, whitelist, and um, like 5% of the secondary sales and stuff like that. And basically that would just be like to make a small crowdfund um, to be able to do some like bigger scale marketing and like um, help like speed up getting the website developed and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, across the board, people said, yes, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to wait just a little bit to kind of implement something like that. But um, I think it's pretty cool. I think the people that are kind of behind the project right now uh, or the community that is, even though it's small, um, I think they're like, super interested in it and i've got a lot of feedback and been talking with a bunch of them so i'm 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 happy with where we are right now and uh yeah just put me on the list for one of those founders passes i'll buy one hey thanks man i appreciate that uh yeah for sure i like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna work the bugs out and make sure everything's all polished up before i uh be launching anything but yeah i will definitely uh 100 keep that in mind i appreciate that yeah that's that's awesome um Tricky wanted me to tell you that if you're looking into making a DAO, don't forget that there's a DAO DAO built on Cosmos that you could use. So it's user friendly. It's a DAO for making DAOs. Oh yeah, like, and that's the thing. Like, if I were to make a DAO, first of all, I think it would for sure be on Cosmos. Uh, and second of all, I would want to make sure it's like done a hundred percent properly because I know numerous projects that say, especially on Solana, but also on ETH where they say, oh, if you buy into this community, you are part of this DAO. And the money goes into the DAO and yada, yada. And it's not actually a DAO. It's like a community wallet that's just redistributed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. can't really call yourself a DAO just because like people are all paying to one point and then you're redistributing. It's still centralized at this point. Um, uh, yeah, I think that I think there's a million. I could go on a tear of things that I think are super silly that I see in like roadmaps all the time, and things that are basically just like a point on a roadmap that's a lot of talk about literally doing nothing. Like so many roadmaps are just so vague, but like newcomers will be like, "Oh, cool! Like that sounds good." So I want to really like be able to nail down the points to where people can come in and be like, "Okay, this is what I'm getting from the project short term." And here's what I can spec, uh, expect for how to build a brand like long term. Because, yeah, I, I just can't see any project being worth anything unless it is a brand that people want to be a part of. Yes, yeah, I saw a roadmap recently and it was laughable. It literally said launch in the metaverse and then it said in brackets when the metaverse is created. Oh, yeah, man. It's uh, if you if if you would have seen ETH NFTs in the summer in like. I think it was somewhere in like May to August. And it was when like there was a huge NFT rush and everybody was just putting out NFTs. Every roadmap was just like point A, merch. Point B, release a token. Point C, play to earn game. And point D, like whatever. Yeah, metaverse, buy sandbox land. And it was all the same. And it's like, first of all, a token has zero use to it unless you can put value behind it. Everybody's doing sandbox. It's not even fully released yet. 
and merch is just putting more money into your pocket. <laughs> like, yeah, like on Ethereum, where we're like the yield options are limited. A token doesn't make sense. Like for us on like Terra, with all the different money markets and all the different yield opportunities, yeah, like there, there's plenty of actual valid uses where a token could actually have buybacks and burns and and using some of the generated yields to buy up floor priced nfts and, and kind of give those back so i think definitely on the cosmos side there's a lot of options and yeah i'm looking at dow dow it's it's, it's quite cool it's uh it's on juno but apollo is coming out with something soon as well on terra that actually lets you automate a lot of the dow actions where you can put up a proposal and say like, oh, we propose we buy uh, Luna if it dips to $40. And then if that happens, it automatically executes that with the multi-sig and everything in place as well. So there's a lot of these cool different DAO options coming out soon. And um, you combine that with um, cross-chain accounts where you could actually execute things between these different accounts and the possibilities are endless. And there's going to be a lot of things built that we haven't even thought of to be possible yet. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I I would totally agree with you. And I have seen I've seen one use of a token actually working on ETH, and that is actually well, actually I've seen two use cases of it. But that is pretty much what I'm trying to kind of for the short term at least uh, revolve my project around is having a stake to earn. Um, yes, it would work a lot better on Cosmos. I'm still deciding which I want to do it on. Um, but the stake to earn model, if you can add value to the token is huge. Like with, with my sappy seal or whatever, there was people that bought them for a hundred bucks or something each. They had like 10 of them and you make like 15 bucks a day or 20 bucks a day right now by holding one. So yeah, like, and, and that's because they have like a marketplace set up where like the tokens you get, you can buy stuff in that marketplace with your currency. So people want to buy that and there's a limited supply. And people are like flipping some of this stuff in the marketplace and like minting it with Pixel, which is the token you get from staking your seal, buying it with Pixel, it goes into your wallet as an NFT and then you can put it on OpenSea and people are like flipping some of these things on marketplace for like three ETH and they bought it for free with the stuff they were staking. So um, yeah, I've thought long and hard about making sure everything or most of the stuff in the ecosystem is bought with uh, that stake to earn coins so that people want to buy it up. So people want to keep liquidity in there and not just sell it off. So like instead of our merch being paid with just like whatever fiat or ETH or whatever, uh, merch will be paid for with your stake to earn token that you technically can get for free. Um, and same thing, like uh, any wearables, uh, any metaverse stuff, any like companion drops, all of that stuff will be bought with your token that is staked to earn so essentially if you hold yours long enough you could get everything in the ecosystem everything that we're giving out that every other um nft project is making you pay for you could be getting it for free that's awesome. yeah that's pretty crazy yeah yeah so yeah that that's our that's my huge short term uh <laughs> app. and then obviously like i said then it has to build somewhere else from there. But I think that'll keep attention and keep people wanting to be in the project for the near future. For sure. I want to just tell everyone, make sure that you're following these guys up here on stage. Um, see the, the Degen's passion and Anarchist help him out. You know, like 
these are good solid people to follow so make sure you're following them i'll tell you I think what i followed every single person in here already but i'm sorry go on i've been uh popping into some of the the terra luna spaces in the afternoon and i tell you what man those those guys are hardcore chasing after yield on like they're they're doing some crazy stuff I, I, and I, are you talking about Sefi and uh and lucky or those guys yeah Sefi. yeah he, like he they'll pop open a space and they'll get like 130 150 people pop in there and uh, like Sefi, man that dude he's like next level luna wizard if you ask me man like have you heard some of the stuff he's doing like he's like triple staking and oh he's, dude <laughs> I, I tuned into his space the other morning when i was driving to work just because like i'd kind of seen him in a couple of terra spaces and like he's hopped in a couple of mine and yeah he was just going off man he's like Okay, so if you then borrow against the money you're borrowing against, <laughs> and then like, yeah, 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 it's crazy. They're 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 getting a nineteen percent yield on anchor, so you know they're going to borrow, like you know through something like Ave, they're borrowing for four percent. So like he was running down this whole scenario he was doing for you know someone else was asking him questions, and he's like, yeah, I'm I've always got like you know at least five k just sitting in 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 uh. UST just just so when I want to jump I can jump you know I'm yeah like, that's what uh, DJ box ultimately did it lets you kind of loop it multiple times and you could earn like it was like 80 90 percent in UST very relatively stable unless it kind of lost peg and then I mean all that chaos happened with Wonderland and all that um, like liquidations that went on so I mean it's it's risky to do that many times but yeah I mean I routinely deposit borrow deposit borrow and just kind of cycle that all around it's it's fun he, he he like started off his space and he's like all right so we're gonna start the space off here with like the uh the most uh risk-free uh which is obviously like staking at 19.5 percent and he went through like the whole thing of how to do that and then he's like and now we're gonna ramp it up a little bit so now it's here how you wash it through one time and then you make like x amount of yield and he started getting like really crazy with it too. He's like, so I'm like pretty good at like technical analysis. So I'll find like the bottom resistance and I'll like leave X amount of money in like whatever uh, UST and then borrow against and get like more Luna. And then he was talking about buying like, what, like B Luna or something like that when that's off peg. And like, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah he lost. <laughs> yeah, B Luna is just the collateralized. Yeah. It's that that whole Luna system. I think it's. I mean, it's blowing up. But it's like with that with that nineteen percent guaranteed an anchor, and they just they just reloaded it with a hundred or four hundred and fifty million. I mean, did you guys see that article came out? Yeah, they're doing the burns over the next week where they have nine point five million. So that that was part of the LFG organization where they got like that fifty million. It was like three billion dollars sent to them, and their whole job is to kind of maintain the peg and put things in place for that. So, yeah, Anchor realistically without topping up the reserve can float. I think they were saying between fourteen and sixteen percent safely just based off the borrows. But they kind of consider that $450 million top off as like a marketing fund, right? Like you, you see 19.5% on stable coins, like you're going to want to use that. Like that's unheard of. Like anywhere else you get maybe 10%. And, and now you also have a stable coin that 
is safer and kind of better than USDT or USDC mm -hmm. that kind of be centrally controlled. So they kind of consider that a marketing fund. And then there's going to be the additional assets coming in place. Like there's S Avex, there's B Atom, um, there's B Sol. So all these different collateralized assets are going to load into Terra. And then it's going to be very, very interesting how things react because now you're going to have many billions yeah. of dollars ultimately bridging over and taking loans on that. Yeah. I mean, it's totally marketing and it's like, I get it. It's like, yeah, you just, you, you totally, you pump it up until you got so many people in there. And then, yeah, it's like you cut the interest rate down to 14%, like six, like at least at 50% of those users stay, you're going to have a really big user base. And it's, I mean, it's obvious what they're doing. I would like if they kind of made it teetered based off your anchor stake. So that way they actually put a use to the anchor coin itself where it would be like, oh, if you stake a thousand of them, you get 15%, stake 2000, you get 19%. And, and I think that would make it quite interesting. Yeah, I I, I haven't, I, I don't know, man. I, I've been considering getting a, a Terra Station wallet and just playing around. It's just, I, I don't want to get too many, too many things going at the same time. But, um, you know, I, it's just some of the things that I'm listening to. And then there's like the crypto.com stuff. They're at, seems like their NFTs are blowing up too over there. And I was just, I was listening to one of their spaces, you know, they're, they're IBC also, but it's like, oh man, it's just a whole nother wallet, whole nother app and all. But I, the crypto.com stuff is like super, super user-friendly. Like they make it, they really kind of make it real user-friendly. And I think they're going to onboard just tons and tons of people. It's going to be interesting what they do at the Super Bowl, but they also have an EVM chain as well called Kronos. So that works natively with MetaMask and you can bridge your CRO between um, their Kronos chain and the native IBC. They also have USDC and, and a bunch of other pegged assets on their EVM side as well. So there's a lot of things going on on there um, in regards to the, the duplicates of I think Beefy's launched on there now. They were a big chain on, on BSC. So, yep, yep. yeah, I, was, I think they're going to do something crazy at the Super Bowl. Oh, man, I, I wouldn't be surprised, dude. CRO, I'd say, is in, in crypto, the best marketing team in crypto is CRO. Like, they're on everything. I think they own, like, uh, what do they own, like, a staple? Uh, the staple center. Yeah. Well, do you see Terra, what they just did with the Washington Nationals? No. By their stadium? They yeah, no, they just sponsored the Washington Nationals team. So that was the whole joke going on because um, Do Kwan kind of got served by the SEC at one point. And now the Washington Nationals <laughs> is literally down the street from the SEC and everything going on. Yeah. So they're basically going to be rebranding the whole stadium. And, and they actually think yeah. within the next year, they're going to be able to natively accept a UST. And through, yeah. I think it's through Cato, you could buy all the merchandise now uh, with your terror station directly on their website. It's a big advertising partnership. It's pretty much they're gonna, they're not they're not buying the rights to the stadium like Crypto.com did, but they're they're gonna be what the number one advertiser for the Nationals, kind of something like that. Yeah, it's forty mil. Yeah, and um, it's it's great. I mean, it, it's it's a great. Uh, yeah, I think Crypto.com th their marketing is is awesome, and in in Luna Terra. And Terra also, I mean, and it, they're, they're all, they're both I, IBC enabled. So like, it's good, it's good for the ecosystem. It, it, it's good. Like, I, I, I really feel like Do Kwan, man, like that guy's playing next level chess. Like he, he also, yeah, it's like, it's, it's Washington DC and it, it's a great league. It's major league baseball. It's taking it to the masses. It, it's, it's a great, 
investment. Well, and Ed, to kind of backtrack to what you were saying there about kind of, it's, it's hard in like the crypto space right now to like figure out what to invest in because there's like so many things. And especially as soon as you kind of start to dip your toes in like one ecosystem, there's like a million things within that ecosystem that like you want to invest in. I think, yeah, it's like impossible to try and keep all your eggs in one basket, <laughs> try and find the good ones. That that's why I got you guys. I got tricky and all and low gains and all of you guys like <laughs> helping me pick which ones in in uh, the cosmos system here before uh, before I get too deep into it. I guess that's the problem with having something as good as IBC because it's like it's just gonna keep getting big and big, and so you're gonna keep wanting to get into everything. And that is why I have over a hundred different coins in my portfolio. It is becoming <laughs> a problem. Oh man, I see myself doing the same. Spend an hour every day claiming your rewards. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I'm like a hoarder. It's it's a problem. It's, I think it, it's going to get better though, because they're going to do what the auto claim. You know, it's it's going to get it's going to get better. You know. Yeah, I I still have like a bunch of alts uh, in ETH, and I think I've just kind of like packed my over there, my like all the gaming and metaverse tokens, and I'm just like, all right, I'm not looking at that for like forever. <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> It's like going to do my staking pools and stuff. And then if I look back at that in two years and it's like 10 times awesome. <laughs> yeah, especially with some of those gaming tokens, you just got to let them sit because you just never know when they're going to pop off or something like that. And and they've they got to get the games up and running. And it's that's more long term, long term plays. Oh, yeah. Like I, I was in uh, I don't I don't know how much you guys know about like Gala games and stuff like that, but uh they're doing like a bunch of cool stuff they're like the the developer that made like uh the farmville and like a bunch of facebook games they were like a multi-billion dollar company and the developer like walked away and just said like i want to get into doing something like bigger so he got into crypto and so they're doing like a full uh like um what's it called like a tower defense game and like um like a tanks game but then they have like a full metaverse game that's still not out yet with its own economy and everything like that um and so i was huge into that and i bought in at like four cents when it first kind of came out and it popped to like 12 cents and i was like holy shit i three times my money man like took my profits i'm out and then it went up to like ran up to like 80 cents or something like that and i i didn't feel too good about that so now i bought back in with the dip and I, I don't know. I think some of those plays are pretty cool, but yeah, now I'm spending all my time exploring the Cosmos ecosystem or <laughs> as much time as I have. Sweet, sweet, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I've heard some good stuff about Gala, but it's, I, I, if I was you, man, just, just sit on it. Don't, don't try to catch it up and down. Cause it's like you said, you know, it pops up and then you get out way too early, you know? So just, I don't know, not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do you see what they were doing with uh they br- branched off into Gala Music or something like that and they have Snoop Dogg like made a new album and they're doing like NFT drops you buy these little boxes and each one has like one song from the album um so Snoop is everywhere Dude I, I need to get back on his Twitter feed cuz I just need to follow whatever that guy's doing. I know he's Dude, in sand, sandbox a lot. He has a newsletter as well you can sign up to and he like emails out every week or so. What's what's his alternative Twitter feed? What's his al- uh uh Cosmo Desmini or something or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'll look it up. What's up boys? 
What's going on? Hey, you made it, Gaines. I made it. I made it. How was work? It was uh, super busy, guys. Super busy. Yeah. But I was listening into the the first part of the whole uh, Nomad AMA. Well done. Well done. I honestly got a lot of you know useful information from that AMA. They're not here, are they? Or did they already leave? Yeah, no, they left. They left already. <clears throat> yeah, you miss all the great information. <laughs> Who scared him away? Oh, wait, was it the degenerate? Probably. Yep. They, they saw him and they're like, oh, he's going to want to know a lot of class. He just kept saying, when can I ape it? One airdrop, one moon. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha man, before you leave. Alpha, please. Yo, how do I buy into the token before it's released? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that part. No, I I came up here and I said like, hey boys, like just wondering, uh, do you guys have an NFT drop before you guys launch the project? <laughs> hey, Dijin, I'm looking at your the drawing you got. It looks sick, dude. Which which one's that? The one that's pinned? Yeah, the one that you pinned. I like it. Yeah, I thought it was like pretty cool. Like I I don't know if you saw the original art. It's a lot more basic than that. And I got all the traits, and I was like. I was happy with it, but I didn't like love it. And so I, I, I figured, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I might as well go all in on it. And then I think I'm going to be probably having to sell like my favorite NFT just to like afford a developer and stuff. So uh, I'm really kind of like putting everything that I have into this. So <laughs> hoping it goes well. <laughs> Good luck to you, brother. Um, checking out that Gary V photo you, you posted. That's that's hilarious. Oh man, did you guys see that interview with Gary V? Yeah, dude, he he crushed it, man. Like she, she oh gosh, he crushed her. He crushed her, <laughs> dude. Like it's so funny, man. Like sitting on like like the Web three side of things and just like being able, like I think it's so different for guys like us who are like on the ground and see everything building out and see the communities and stuff. Um, but just like I felt like that host was just so ignorant. Like she just. Oh man, just the way she was asking her question. For for you guys, for you guys that don't know, Gary V was on. It was CNBC, or it was one of the the alternate ones, CNBC. And this the one of the hosts, she like threw Gary this this question about like what like do NFTs really have value? Like, or what? How'd she phrase it? She's like, some people think NFV, NFTs should not have value. <laughs> and his response was classic. What did he say? He said, he said, he's like, well, why, why do Gucci purses have value? Why, why do, um, you know, uh, 19, 1976 Porsches, like wh- why do people pay $5 million for those? He's like, we let the market decide the value. Yeah. <laughs> he, he said, uh, oh man, I think he said something like, yeah, um, it's funny like, the amount of people in history that continue to think their opinion on something determines the market value like nobody cares he's like it's continually been laughable to me that people think they can determine what has value and what doesn't the market will fucking decide it <laughs> I the, uh, clip up there. it seems all these news people anytime they have someone on they just are clueless like the the, the doquan one as well where they're like oh are you hiding out in asia because you're scared of the sec and he's like uh no i'm here because i'm asian like i'm from here like what are you talking about the world does not revolve around america <laughs> so it's all nonsense like anytime you you have like traditional media talking about this like their goal is to, to paint them to look stupid and they always end up getting crushed oh i know i i love the opening statement on that where she's like 
yeah, this is a, a now there's people that are trading on here that are white supremacists and stuff. It's like you could say that with anything. You could say I don't want to shop at Safeway because some Safeway in the world had a white supremacist buy an apple from here. Like it was just like the stupidest argument. <laughs> yeah, what is it like? Ninety percent of U.S. dollar bills you can find traces of cocaine on it. Like, oh man, those will be the same people that end up being broke as hell. When everyone they flip the switch and everything goes on, those are gonna be the people broke as hell. That, <laughs> people that, gonna be looking on YouTube and stuff at videos. That that meme of Gary V where he's like just like blank face, kind of like smirking. Like, dude, it looked like he was holding in a laugh the whole time because it was just laughable the question she was asking. But that meme where and it's like somebody made one, it's like uh, three years from now, when the news anchor is asking Gary V how to like set up her MetaMask wallet or something like that, <laughs> I always make this like post on my Facebook. Um, <clears throat> with all the adoption that's coming to crypto, and I always say, "Boomers coming." No, oh, they're coming. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, yeah, I, I've kind of come to the point where it's like, I, I, I love sharing like not financial advice, but like, I don't know, my buddies that invest, if I see a cool opportunity, like UST staking and stuff like that and whatever, I like to share it with them. But I also have people that are my buddies who will just get like blow up about it and fucking, it's a fucking scam and yada, yada. And I try and talk it out. And when it gets too overheated, I'm just like, you know what? Like you do your thing. You'll be like, it's coming. So (laughs) whether you want to do it or not, I don't really care, but just something to throw up. Yeah, like BlackRock now announced the other day, and they have like just under ten trillion dollars assets under management. Like they just announced like crypto services as well. So, I mean, yeah, all the people that are mad at it, or, or all the people that kind of missed it, or or, or lost the wallet. You sound like a dying robot. Bad connection for some reason. Oh, yep. it's, he went down. <laughs> Twitter just cannot He's see. hanging on there. <laughs> Twitter can't see figure out these freaking spaces. Hey, you'd think these would run a little smoother, but... <laughs> I think I think sometimes it's the person's internet. Like, sometimes it's not Twitter. It might just be the internet, their their connection, you know? I just seen that um, Tricky was having some connection issues, so if we get rugged, um, one of us will just restart a room. Yeah, sounds good. No, doesn't it fall back to a co-host if the the main one drops? I wish. I no, wish. no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. No, that's something Twitter can fix. The yeah, first thing I do. Didn't it do that the other night for us it, though? It did, but it also did it for me, um, Timmy, a while ago. I had to leave. I had a you know a quick emergency, and then I was re- I didn't even say anything. I just said I got to go, and then. <clears throat> Next thing you know, everyone's like, "Dude, the freaking room ended." <laughs> yeah. Shoot, noob mistake. Noob mistake. By the way, hi, what's up, everybody? Timmy, man. Um, yeah. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Nomad AMA, hosted by Cosmos Spaces, recorded on Friday, February eleventh, two thousand twenty-two. This episode of the Ether was brought to you by Talus.
Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often ate the shrooms Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handing reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch Dope shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, chase a view Just a bunch of pecker heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Terror spaces.